and welcome to another episode of Extraneous. Supernatural edition, guys. We're back to talk to you about the latest episode. I almost called it the fall finale because it was the greatest fall finale this week, but <laughs> that's not what this is. It's the Thanksgiving prior episode. <laughs> I don't know. It means nothing. Yep. All right, let's start with what me. Oh, good Lord. Let's introduce ourselves. I would have said my name first, but you always say your name first, and so I couldn't bring myself to say my name first. <laughs> I'm Takia. I'm Leah. And let's get into it. Heck yeah. This episode, I feel like, while was exactly what I expected, was also not at all what I expected. That seems to be a running theme <laughs> of season 15, is not at all what you expected. But do you know what I mean? I do. Honestly, the like witches element of it was a non-starter. I thought it was going to be so much more, but it wasn't. Like, like this is up to a promo department, right? Like every time we get a promo, it's showing us the thing that doesn't matter. Yeah. This time around, it was honestly the witches really didn't matter. Don't trust the promo. <laughs> and so we have an A and B. Honestly, I felt like we had three storylines. I also thought we had three. Okay. I had so, A, B, C. Yeah. Yeah. So we have Sam and Eileen who is back, who was a ghost in hell, or I guess a spirit in hell. Yeah. And came back when Chuck broke the earth open and ran as fast as she could, and so she made it out of the dome and didn't get sent back. And now we have to figure out a way to help her so that she doesn't return to hell. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit concerned now that it's two Winchester friendos, family members, loves, whatever, that were in hell. Yeah. I'm starting to think they're... All? They're like a bunch of them were like I it's it's starting to really freak me out. So, yeah. And the problem is we have to help Eileen because as we learned with Kevin, a soul that has been to hell cannot get into heaven. So I think Dean is the one. I, I read something that said Sam is the one, but I'm pretty sure Dean said it first. They can put Eileen in like um, the, crystal. the crystal, like mm -hmm. give her a little like home so that, you know, she doesn't have to go back to hell. And she doesn't have to stay on Earth where she slowly goes mad the way that all of the ghosts do and turn Vanceville and, and hurt people because Eileen did not want that. Yeah. So that's the quest. That's A. B for me, I think, is Dean. Yeah. Dean in the bunker being kind of, honestly, Dean is exhibiting a version of like depression, I think, that is really common. Um, Couldn't get out of his hot dog pajama pants and robe and was eaten out of the cereal box. Yeah, but is but has this uh almost like, laissez-faire like I don't care yeah. like uh, ethos throughout the whole thing a lot of you don't need me for this yeah like I think he was like it's a milk run you got it and Sam's like you really should come he's like nah it's fine I don't want it's that you don't need me nothing needs me I don't matter it's I, I can't make that big of a difference anyways which is all tied up into Chuck yeah know, but like around. with a lighter energy than we've seen him for earlier in the season right like he's not the vicious dean that's sending Cass away he's not the despondent dean that you know is coming to the realization that chuck is back he's kind of just like cracking jokes and walking around in his hot dog pajamas but it it covers up this like deep-seated maybe lethargy like this yeah. this this sense of i don't want to do anything no one needs me everything is hopeless like, it's a really interesting version of Dean and version of his emotional journey through this season. Yeah, I agree. I think part of it is that he maybe has sort of not accepted his place in the universe. Do you know what I'm saying? But, like, he, I think, has come to the really awful conclusion that's not true, that, like, it doesn't matter anyway. Mm. And if it doesn't matter anyway, then whatever. Then I'm here in my robe watching Scooby-Doo. 
Like I that kind of that like that lightness isn't actually lightness. It's it's the it's the I wore sweatpants to the grocery store. Yeah. It's I I did I kinda gave up on today. Yeah. Um and then the last plot is Cass with the in the town mm-hmm. uh solving his own monster problem. Yeah. So what's interesting is not only is Cass in this town to, you know, pose as FBI and potentially solve a monster murder, but it also kind of seems like he's just trying to find his way, like find his new yeah, well, place in the world. He's been in the town for a while. Yeah. And uh the woman mentions like she didn't know he was FBI. She just thought he was renting out the old, uh, I forget the, the name. cabin or something. Yeah, the yeah. old so-and-so's cabin. Um, and so he very much seems like he left the bunker in the same way that Dean doesn't know what to do with himself is kind of like walking around the bunker. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the time that Cass has been spending that we haven't seen him. Yeah. And he hasn't been responding to <laughs> Sam. Then he's confronted with a case. And that seems to, like, get him going. Yeah. Like, he's looking for a purpose. Or, if not a purpose, something he can do to make good change. He references the fact that a friend told him that fishing helps clear your head or whatever. I don't remember the line. But it seems like that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to find a way to figure out what's going on. And he stumbles into a case and is now, okay, I can do good for someone and not break everything I touch, mm-hmm. Castiel. Mm-hmm. Was there a moment in Cass's case where you didn't think it was a monster? Because there was a moment yes. towards the end, right before the sheriff reveals himself. When they found the kid? When they found the kid. That's, and I, was I, like, thought I, was, I also thought it was not a monster. I was, I was like, like, oh, this is just like people. <laughs> yeah, I was like, somebody done killed a couple kids, and this kid tripped and broke his ankle. But then I was like, but Cass, look, even if it's not a monster, you can help people. And then it definitely was a monster. <laughs> I think it's interesting that you pegged Dean as being the B storyline, where honestly, even though it's tied into the A, I found the witch family to be the B storyline. Oh. They were like completely, they didn't matter to the A. Like they were part of it, but like it didn't matter. I feel like it was an A-B episode with like smatterings of C's. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. There was meat to that family dynamic that was honestly like more than the screen time that it got. Oh yeah. Also, uh, it's another interesting like funhouse mirror that the show is holding up to Sam and Dean is this other, oh, here's another weird little family. Two kids and an adult, two sisters and a mom instead of two boys and a dad. Like, oh, I didn't read that at all. That's really interesting. Because, like, they're not similar, right? They're not similar in the way that the Werewolf Brothers are, yeah. but I, I think that they are. I think that the, like, maybe this is Chuck being less heavy-handed. This is, <laughs> this is a light touch. Well, that's one of the things that I felt was really missing from this episode. I didn't get the Chuck of it all as strongly as I had in previous episodes. Mm. And one of the things that I think is interesting about the witch family is how much they were willing to like kill for each other, I guess. Mm. Like the fact that the youngest kid seemed to be brutally abused by her older sister. (laughs) Yeah, big time. Um, Turned her first crush into a water balloon and then popped popped it. And then she got me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, woof. That was a lot. But still was going through with, and maybe that's like a cycle of abuse thing, but like there also seemed to be a level of devotion. Oh, yeah. That is very supernatural, Mm -hmm. right? It's very Winchester-y. And so that was definitely interesting. I spent a lot of this episode wondering like which, what was Chuck manipulating? I think this is one of those episodes where we can count it as like, this is a Uh one-off. This is a one-off where we can 
check in, see where everybody is, how's feelings feeling, have a victory lap for Eileen. Hopefully this is not her victory lap because no. she's going to keep going. Well, also Chuck put a reward on the chessboard so that he could take it off, right? I'm not. Eileen's brought back so that Eileen gets in put, some if way. He, if Chuck takes Eileen again, I will... I will. Mm-mm. I firmly believe. I will. Prediction alert. <laughs> Eileen is. Eileen's <laughs> <laughs> brought back so that something about the Sam Eileen relationship can be taken away. And that might be Sam dying. That might be Eileen dying again. That might be. Mm-hmm. Right. There are a lot of ways that that could happen. But I think that we are given because they are so. Is this. Should we talk about this? When the we Lord talk about, giveth and the Lord taketh the hell away. Should we talk about this when we talk about Eileen in more detail? Yeah. All right, so I will, I will hold it. Let's button that one. Because I also want to mention what is part of not necessarily the, the plot of the episode, but definitely part of the story, is that it is now obvious that Rowena's last will and testament basically was like, it's yours, Sam. And I think that's really interesting. The whole reason Sam didn't die when he walked into the room because those witches were watching is because Rowena made it so that he would be the only one who could go in there and like claim everything inside of it. So her, her journals and her spell books and her... Her, her craft and her potion ingredients, whatever. Like, she trusted Sam, and she believed him to be worthy of all of this knowledge. Like, Sam's not a witch, right? But Sam has a lot of talent, and Sam loves learning, and I and I think has a, a great respect for her tradition and knowledge, and I think Rowena recognized that in Sam in addition to everything else. And I really enjoy the fact that Rowena literally left everything to Sam. But also, there's a point in their relationship when Rowena knows Sam is the one who will be, who will kill her yeah. and is able to make those sorts of arrangements, mm-hmm. right? She's like, honestly, I know that Sam will still be alive after I'm dead because he kills me. Oh, that's like, that's the less emotional <laughs> way to think about that. She is a practical witch. She is a practical, practical magic. She is a practical <laughs> witch. But she's also, like, I think Rowena genuinely, like, we've talked about this, that she genuinely grew to care for them. Yes. And, so, and like, honestly, like, Sam did kind of a princess under her. Like, there's a lot of joking about it. Like, Rowena, in the rapture, she says, like, Sam's the closest thing we have to a witch here. Yeah. And, like, Dean says something about it. He, Dean's like, you were basically her protege. Which, when Dean said that to Sam, did it come off as, like, there was, like, a, a glimmer of jealousy that I read out of that line? Like, a, at least you had yeah. something. Well, it's an older sibling thing, honestly. I read it as, like, Dean has that, like, all of the things Sam got that he didn't. I love the look in your eyes that's like, oh, God. <laughs> feeling i'm intimately familiar with yeah right and you don't necessarily begrudge it's hard to articulate unless you are an older sibling because you don't necessarily begrudge them for it and you love your younger sibling and like there is a protective thing that is that you have for your younger sibling but you're also just pissed about all of the all of the opportunities i'm sure plenty of millennials have like the cell phone angst i was thinking of the (laughs) cell phone oh my god that is like that is like number one for our age group your younger sibling got a cell phone way younger way way younger (laughs) way younger i had to scrimp and save and i had multiple virgin mobile phones and i couldn't get it till i was 16 
God damn. And you're like, I can't I can't believe it. Like yeah. you've had the world so easily and it's, and yet you do want to make it easier yeah. for them. It's a weird <laughs> dynamic. It's like you've had things so easy and yet can I make it can I help you? Can I make it easier for you? I already did. I, I got all the F's in high school before you so that <laughs> you could you wouldn't get yelled at as hard. But yeah, so I only got one F in high school. So I do think that Dean and and I feel like it's shown up throughout the series that Dean does have like that glimmer of yeah. jealousy sometimes because Sam has been the quote unquote special one um a lot L- literally <laughs> literally one of the special children yeah. yeah and I think that he does have that like slight glimmer of jealousy but it's also not like it's not necessarily malicious yeah. if that makes sense yes I think so it it, it was just funny because like Dean looked really pathetic in his robe and slippies and pajama pants and cereal box when he's like I don't know x y and z we could do this for Eileen and you're basically ruining his protege like it really was like <laughs> he was digging 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 down in the like moroseness of everything now that we've outlined the episode um let's let's talk about the title because i'm dying to know what you think the title means golden time Mm. what do you think the title means i I, I can go first you can if you have any answer at all that'd be great because i was like is it an idiom that i don't know it's not it uh, apparently is the name of an anime yes so i got a lot of that in terms of googling so i'm just going to as i normally do just riff until we hit on something um so the first thing that popped to mind for me when reading the title was uh honestly the casey musgrave song golden hour um but also the idea of the golden hour the best time to take photos the like you know like that like that's what i was also thinking golden hour is that the same as golden time i I guess so who knows golden hour is also in my brain witching hour Yes. Like, it sounds familiar. There's a lot of, we can make a lot of associations here. And this episode, if we go down that line of, like, the golden hour being the time as the sun is starting to set, Mm -hmm. that is, like, this, like, beautiful, like, rosy, like, things seem hopeful kind of situation, this episode really feels like that. Yeah. It feels like... Cass has gotten his wings back in a way, like quote unquote, not like in a power way, but in a in okay. a like motivation sense. I see that. He left like despondent. He talks to Dean again for the first time. He saves someone. He's getting back into the fight. We have Eileen and Sam sharing all of these like beautiful stop don't. beautiful moments of their like rosy love and Eileen gets to become flush again. I we're just uh, I'm going to so share great. like the screenshots have, of the messages between us that just like, make her flush, make her flush. They all they have all of Rowena's magic and power and maybe a hope of some way to go after Chuck. There is so much winning in this episode. Yeah. But at the same time, you kind of have the not foreboding, but the sense that it can't be It doesn't last forever. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't last forever. It can't be this good for long. And honestly, night is coming. Like the darkness, not literally not, the darkness. Not, not, not Amara. Not Amara. <laughs> You know, the conflict, the the angst, the dark thing on the horizon is coming. And so I think that this episode is just like this like sweet candy beautifulness that we get to hold before all of the like angst and bad things pick up again. See, this is why I told you to go first because you could do this. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I'm here for all of it. I will say the other thing I saw is that golden time is, is one of the words that um, educators use to talk about 
positive reinforcement in uh, for young kids. Yeah. Uh, in classrooms specifically, like if you do a good job, instead of like getting just getting an A or getting a sticker, like it'll be golden time. And I saw the things that was like fun time or rainbow time, and it's like it's a gold star. Like, I deserve a gold star, it's, Supernatural. It's the gold star, right? Like so, the the kids are rewarded for be, not not doing well on a paper, but like paying attention yeah. and, and all that other stuff. So it kind of feels like like especially with Eileen at the end, like that this is this is a reward. Here is your small reward. We brought her back and we're gonna put purpose back into everybody's life casting. Sam's not having nightmares anymore. Like this is just a good episode. Which means that, you know, it's gonna turn. Sammy was out running. I feel like that means uh, that Sam is like feeling a little bit better. He's trying to get those endorphins going. He, is. he runs <laughs> he's it's great to watch Jared one because he's so tall <laughs> that when, when the camera does a wide shot, you're like, you're just all limbs. <laughs> it's like a stick figure running. Hilarious. I really enjoyed watching him run. And I know he can run because he ran the, ma- the Boston Marathon, but like, God, I was laughing my ass off every time it was a wide shot. Honestly, like, it gives me good feelings. Like, I just, sometimes you just want happiness. But yeah, so I think that we landed on about what the title means, just that this was a, like, easy, fun, golden time. It's a reprieve. It was a golden time for us all. (laughs) Uh, Let's go on. Were there any bromance? I think that there's something in the way that Dean was talking to Cass on the phone. I wanted to mention it because it wasn't like a bromance, bromance, right? But I think that an accidental outcome of sort of where Dean is right now in this whatever man it doesn't matter is that like I think he's maybe starting to let go of some of his rage because he just can't so like he talks to Cass on the phone is like answer your phone can you please reply to Sam are you okay cut it out checks back on the board please stay safe it was so close to being like they're they were talking like normal that I just wanted more of it. And also, I really enjoyed the moment where Cass was so frustrated that he, like, wiped a hand across his eye. And I was like, he's crying! He wasn't crying. He was frustrated. But, like, in my head, I rewrote that, that he was crying because he could hear Dean's voice. So, I know that we've been trying to curse less in these episodes. <laughs> do it. And so I want you to know how much I mean it when I say, fuck you! Dean Winchester is an abusive boyfriend! Dean- I'm so... Like, that phone call sent shivers through my (laughs) spine i was so mad like he does the thing that every abusive asshole does where it's like i'm going to have explosive emotions at you Mm -hmm. like i am going to push you as far as possible and then look downtrodden when you actually leave and then the next time pretend that nothing happened yep. and that it's just a normal day and that I'm just going to be like, why aren't you answering Sam? Stay safe, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, you need to apologize and acknowledge all of your shit before you guys can move on. I really appreciate that. And it drives me crazy, Dean. Is it an abusive boyfriend? Like it's re- like it was a really really tough thing to watch. Also because it was like <sighs> not only that but like Dean answers the phone call from the sheriff dude, right? Doesn't even like dispatch with actually doing what what he's supposed what to be he's doing. supposed to yeah. do. And then is like let me talk to Cass 
because Cass has been establishing boundaries and not responding and doesn't want to talk to Dean, but this is a situation in which Dean can manipulate the circumstances so that he can talk to him because Dean's an abusive boyfriend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can I... To follow that up, so, like, ah. I mentioned this moment because it made me, like, happy that they were talking at all, but, yes. like, I completely agree with your outburst. Um, <laughs> so, and actually, we didn't mention this because we didn't specifically call out themes, but I, it's not a theme, it's a motif, and Cass calls it out on the nose. When Cass kills the djinn, yes. he says something like, it's always you, it's always, like, small men in positions of power who decide to use their 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 power and their authority to do to think they can get away with everything like Cass is projecting onto this gin granted this gin who killed people uh, <laughs> but all of his feelings about Chuck yes there was a moment where I genuinely thought maybe there was a little bit of his anger at Dean there as well and it was related to that phone call like I'm 99.9999% that it's all Chuck but like pretty is like but also Dean who gets to just like be a dick and like yes. yell and swing his metaphorical yeah. playing around mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah and like here's the thing so like outburst aside because like this this current situation drives me up and over a wall because like Dean just gets to like rage out and then not atone for it in any way all of the time yeah. but it's not like Cass hasn't in the past I'm not talking about this situation in the past given about as good as he gets right like Cass has also been the one to dick over Dean oh yeah and to (laughs) be oh oh you don't you no I just I disagree with the exception of season six I completely disagree (laughs) I don't think Cass has ever done that once Cass has has identified himself and believes in himself as an individual at the end of season four no I think Cass is fucked up but I don't think Cass has ever gone out of his way to do anything against the Winchesters. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. Sorry. What I... Mm, you're right. It's not... The, Cass it's doesn't... It's not nearly as pointed as it is. Dean to Cass is not nearly as pointed, or is as, is much more pointed than Cass to Dean. Yes, I agree with that. Because Cass often... All of the things that Cass does, it's... he. It's like he's a bull in a china shop, right? He stumbles into it. He, like, does a lot of dumb things because he just can't learn. Um, but I would agree that it's never like targeted in the same way, but I'm just, I'm trying to like give the caveat that like, I recognize that this is, you know, generally speaking, just an abusive relationship. Yep. I think Cass is just really, really, really frustrated with that type of person, right? That like, I think he agree. like, I I agree that like Mm -hmm. he's aligning Dean a little bit in that position and it's fully like, you can tell that it's fully about Chuck on the surface. Yeah. Um, but I think that Cass just feels like he's been on this world for a very long time. And I think that he feels a little overwhelmed by the presence of that archetype. Right. Yeah. Like, I think that he's like, I have been seeing this forever. And also now God himself. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it, like I've been seeing this forever. And also literally God himself is this kind of dick, and why is the world full of horrible people? And, yep. like, same, Cass. Same. There was a lot in there. I was like, I, I completely understand that he's talking about Chuck and a little bit, like, the relationship he has with Dean. But there there was a moment where I was like, hell yeah, this episode was written by a woman. Because we are all done. Preach. We are all done. <laughs> I was like, Cass is just speaking truth. And I was like, all oh, right. And also, like, he's talking about Chuck. But that's... <laughs> <laughs> small men in positions of power who think they can do what they want. 
like, it, I was like, and written by a millennial woman. <laughs> Cass could have just signed off, fuck Trump. Like, he could have <laughs> just walked away and been like, mic drop. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that that's me saying that, like, that moment was, I agree, sort of a mini bromant in the that it's them talking again for the first time. And you can tell that there's some sort of amends trying to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was very frustrated with it. So <laughs> Fair. it's hard when one of the brothers is like depressed and can't be helped. So like they're not bromance. They're like, yeah, hey, can we have actual mental health talk right now? Honestly, there were a couple of moments where like you could see like Sam just like looked at him and was like, do you need help? like uh he was talking before sam leaves to go with eileen and he's like you're not coming what's going on here that felt like it could have extended into a broman yeah but but dean was very like i'm not i'm not dean walked i think he turned away yeah he's like no i'm good bye i'm not here for this back to watch more scooby-doo cool so let's talk about minor characters and by which we mean just eileen all the time I mean, yes. I would also like, since this is a character um, area, I would like to very quickly mention that. So last week we talked about how the actress playing the uh, mom witch has previously been in Supernatural twice prior. In addition to that, the woman who played Melly last night, who was the the woman with Cass, was previously in Plucky Penny Whistles. Um, because it was driving me nuts the whole episode. Like, I could see her with her hair in a half ponytail. And it was making me insane. And I was like, ah, it's Plucky Penny Whistles. And apparently, I learned this from um, Sam Heifel's Entertainment Weekly article, the girl who played the youngest sister, Emily, who looks like the girl from the ring, was in season one, she played the creepy painting murder girl in mm. Providence. And I just really enjoyed that Supernatural's just calling up their favorite guest actors. They're like, actually, we don't need to audition new folk. Let's just get the ones we like. In season one, 14 years ago. Yeah, literally. Like, she was like a seven-year-old, and now she looked pretty much full-grown. <laughs> I, I think as an adult or something. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, like, I think it's really cool that we are getting, like, these familiar faces. Um, we can, I think, have a good time chalking up to Chuck casting his favorites or familiar faces. But I think we can also chalk it up to this is the last season of Supernatural and the cast and crew want folk that they like to Mm -hmm. come back. Mm -hmm. So I really dug that. That is really cool. Yeah. Speaking of folks that they like to come back. (laughs) Can we talk about Eileen? I was, first of all, I didn't realize she was coming back in this episode. So like Sam seeing ghost things and I was just going ghost, ghost, ghost. I was like, who is it? Who is it? And when it was Eileen, I was like. I just started screaming because I apparently had not. And then, of course, the second I like it happened, I was on Twitter and like I saw Shoshana Stern had been tweeting about being back. And I was like, oh, I missed these tweets. <laughs> I thought it was really well done start to finish. Me too. I think Eileen's an interesting character because and I think we talked about this back in season 12. That, like, Eileen uh, felt like a character that ended too soon in a way that the deaths on Supernatural are always, like, weird for one reason or another. But I think for me, it's rare that they feel like they're super aborting a character arc. Does that make sense? Like, the character, like, it's literally, like, I feel like I could see the end. Oh, yeah. And it was just, like, totally chopped off. Yeah, I felt that way. And so for Eileen to come back was really great and exciting and interesting and honestly like she's been dead now for assuming supernatural time works the same as real time like two or three years yeah which is a long time to then come back as a ghost and have kind of the same chemistry with sam 
right? Like the sequence where they're at the gas station and Sam um, is talking about how he's been to hell too. He kind of has an idea how that feels. And then it says, I understand with sign language. And she goes, not bad. It's when she says, "Um, I can't talk about that yet. Yes. Yeah. And Sam says, I understand using sign language. And she says, not bad. Yeah. And he just talks about how, like, he, you know, when the, they were hanging out, I guess, she, he learned some sign language and it stuck with him. Yeah. Like, they do a really good job throughout this episode of establishing this character as meaningful mm-hmm. very quickly. As important. Yes. Like, Eileen was only in two, three episodes. Mm-hmm. Three, three if you count her death. Yeah. Eileen was only in three episodes. And I think it's really, or four, I might be missing one. Regardless, I think it's really interesting that between the chemistry. There's the episode where they Skype. Does that count? Okay, it counts because that that's an adorable sequence. <laughs> it absolutely counts. <laughs> Dean shipped it in that scene. Like, I don't know. Like, it's wild that they, as actors, they have chemistry. And as characters, they make sense. And M-F-E-O. What? MFEO. Made for each other. Oh. Are you not on the internet? <laughs> I think sometimes I, I missed a... <laughs> I wasn't on the internet long enough. <laughs> As characters, they make they so make much sense. sense. Like, they both have this childhood supernatural angst that they yes. worked that they worked through and became hunters around. To, like, get revenge for the death of their parents. Like, Come seriously. On. Come on. Also, the, the moment where... They're in Rowena's back room, and Sam's looking at all the stuff and talking about how Rowena's journals, da da da. And then Sam makes a comment. I don't remember what it was, but he's like, "Oh God, sometimes I feel like I'm the butt of a cosmic joke or something like that." And Eileen goes, "Yeah, I I get it." Or she's like, "Really?" And she she takes her hand and she she goes to put it on Sam's, but she's ghost, so she passes through. And I was like, I I wanted to peel the skin off of my face. <laughs> Because like all I kept thinking was like I'm like that's that the cosmic joke is I'm I'm back and I'm here but I'm not here and I can't I can't touch this person like yeah. oh god it was killing me and I just I really loved the level of agency that Eileen had right mm-hmm. like she came back as a ghost she knew that she didn't want to go back to hell and she didn't want to become crazy and she you know was like okay the Winchesters can help me figure this out she basically went to them to like hey can you destroy me send me heaven destroy me let's get this let's get this yeah. going and so it was I don't know everything about it was great and I'm really excited to see where this character goes from here the fact that they use the spell to make her flesh that they were going to use on their mother yeah my god um any last things about eileen just that i love her and that i'm really excited for her to be back also i really liked what they did with the uh makeup and lighting between yes. ghost eileen and flesh eileen mm-hmm. because you could see the rosiness in her cheeks and it was like yeah ghost it was like like her hair looked darker but her hair wasn't darker it was because like her skin was so sallow like mm-hmm. it, she mm-hmm. looked really not good as a ghost but like the ghost effect was, was very done good. well yeah so kudos. also like can I just, after she gets flesh and she puts on a towel, and I love that. I love that Sam can hear her moving. Yeah, and, and getting turns her, like, around. There is, there is physical objects splashing in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Like, he can hear these things, but he's still standing backwards because, you know, she's naked. And, like, she just takes a moment to, like, look at her hands and see that she can, like, feel. And she puts the towel on, and then they just, like, the way she, like, melts into him when they hug. Like, warm toaster oven inside of my chest. Like, it was so good. I very much 
love Eileen and Sam, and I'm so excited to potentially get more than that. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I love Eileen. Now, oh, music. We get yeah. to talk about music. And we started the episode, like, right off the bat yeah. with a really good music moment. Yeah. It was a song called So Quiet by Cobra Ramon. Okay. Game on. It was so So this song is playing as the as Jesse, I believe that's the witch's name, is tossing Rowena's apartment. Yep. It, like it starts as she's walking in mm-hmm. like over that like really nice marble floor and going and breaking in and all that other stuff. Yeah. And then she just starts like ripping it apart. Yeah. No respect. Yeah. Legit. I was like, um, can you pl- respect for the dead? please? <laughs> also, I really love when we get uh, music moments that are female vocalists. Mm-hmm. And there's something about this kind of like. Dirty, gritty, uh, rock vibe with like this really like lower um, female vocal as a as a witch tosses Rowena of all people's apartments. Like it works really well. Like where did where the you know your your standard Bob Seger or 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 Allman Brothers band or something yeah. like if it had been a normal Supernatural play, I don't know if it would have played as well. Having this yeah, uh, and it was kind of punk. Yeah, it was very like gritty punk. I looked up the band afterwards, and they described themselves as, like, one of the feelings of the band was a 67 Camaro, and I was like, stop it, stop it, you beautiful Canadian punk rock band, I love you. But yeah, I thought that that really, like, established the episode in a way Um, that was great. Yeah. Agreed. It was a good pull. And as per usual, if it's on Spotify, it will be on our Spotify playlist. All right, let's talk about the lore of this episode. Yeah, um, as as has been happening, and I think uh, we've kind of hit the nail on the head there, it will continue to happen. Uh, we're not going to get a lot of new monsters nope. in this bad boy. Cut and dry. Yep. It's obvious. Cass says it's a gin. It's going to be a gin. The, the he boys was such are, dry. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Clearly a gin. The the boys are hunting witches. We're going to get hex bags and witches. Like, it's just that, that's just a thing, man. Yeah, are, I mean, it's the end. So, like, yeah. that's, so it feels like, one, Supernatural has been on for so long, they have this, like, very rich bag of monsters to pull from. And also, like, the complexity of the season and the complexity of these episodes aren't going to be coming from what the monster is. Comple- yeah, compl- I almost said complexly. <laughs> like, I was going to say completely, and I said complexly, because you said it first. <laughs> yes, I agree. So, which is Jin and obviously ghosts, because we had Eileen and then the, the ghost of the witch, Jesse to work with yeah can we talk about the ghost of the witch jesse in terms of the fact that a it was almost like her mother knew she was gonna show up yeah i'm like i did how did you sure okay also correct me if i'm wrong it usually takes ghosts a little bit of time to like <laughs> figure out how to be ghosts to be ghosts yes i completely agree typically it does everything um, about jesse i was like i don't know is that how ghosts work? It might be. I would I would give a leg up to Jesse because of the fact that she was in, a witch. in life was a witch and was aware of the supernatural. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm stuck here or stuck in a death loop or anything like that. Like, in my brain, having knowledge of the supernatural would give you a leg up. 
Yeah, but like 20 minutes? Like, I she mean, just died. No, but I, in all fairness, like, we had that episode where Sam and Dean died so that they could be ghosts when they went to go save the Reapers. Yeah. So I think having knowledge but helps. I, I agree. I agree. I'm not like I'm not saying like whatever. I'm not gonna keep arguing. I'm also it. not gonna say that supernatural isn't stretching ghost lore because I think we know that ghosts can make contact with each other, like like what looks to be physical contact. Fist fight. But they were fist fighting and at one point Girl fight. At one point she was choking Eileen and I was like, Why? But she doesn't but need she's to a, breathe? Like, <laughs> 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 I mean, at one point, like, I'm just going to say this to you, at one point I definitely was like, oh, my God, this ghost on ghost violence has to stop. <laughs> like, I was, I was ding, ding, ding. Yeah, the choking thing was a lot for me. And I was like, but she doesn't, y'all don't breathe. Exactly. <laughs> What's going on? Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, so there's a lot of ghost <laughs> stuff. Um, our, the djinns seem to be a standard djinn, um, except for the fact that Cass kills him with an angel blade. Yeah. Unless I'm missing something, I could have sworn that's not how that worked. I feel like they've gotten loose with angel blades. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> right? It's like an angel blade is kind of like the demon knife. Like, it can just kill anything. It's just a knife. It should, like, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, the angel blade should have just been an ouchie. I mean, potentially, it's because Cass stabbed the djinn 62 million times. And, like, whatever. He was it's, getting out his frustrations. Like, whatever its, it's heart fine. is, is, like, doesn't exist anymore. Because, like, yeah, Cass just neutralized it really badly. Um, so potentially that's what it was, but there was a moment I was like, what are you doing, dude? Dip that thing in lamb's blood. I was like, because <laughs> that's, I'm yes, pretty sure yes. how you kill a gin. Um, anyways, yeah, that was, uh, I did have a moment, but yeah, standard gin. And then. Uh, oh, did you notice the, uh, name of the apartment building that Rowena lived in? Not gonna lie, I tried to and kept missing. I missed it so many times, but because of the way in like a couple of the scenes, anytime anyone was in that hallway, the way that they panned over it, I felt like it must be important. Like they just like mm -hmm. kept slow mowing over the the name of it in the tile. Mm -hmm. um, it was the Aradia Apartments, um, which is uh, like 1890s folklore book, uh, Aradia, the Gospel of Witches. Oh, fun. So that was pretty cute, That's honestly. That's a nice little nod. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie. You said Aradia, and I immediately thought Arcadia. <laughs> That's what I thought it said. And then yeah. I was like, no, I don't see a C, I don't think. And then I was like, so it's it's Bioshock. We're talking about Bioshock <laughs> now? Like, <laughs> um, And all the myriad of things Arcadia could possibly mean. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then there was nothing fancy with the witches. Like, we've seen them use, um, like, uh, blood or hair to... Mm -hmm control people before to torture people and hex bags and yada yada like nothing i don't think we saw anything particularly i did you know what i did like though is that typically we see scrying from the point of view of the witch doing the scrying and yeah. we do see that but i liked that at one point we saw the mirror ripple so it was like on the other end that there is some sort of um some sort of a reaction when a witch is scrying whether they are seeing through uh, a mirror or a glass or a uh -huh. puddle or whatever um, I kind of liked that. I think that's the first time we've seen that in Supernatural. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, we have the spell that brings uh, Eileen back to flesh. Which, A, we, like, we mentioned it already, but, like, damn, that's a really intense little spell. Yeah. And I know Rowena, and Rowena is Rowena, like, is the most powerful witch, like, has that knowledge. It is surprising to me that Sam was so quick to <laughs> yes. believe in himself. I mean that in in a I love Sam and Sam is a smart boy and is fairly good at has proven himself fairly good at doing spells and and magic and the like but like 
He was risking Eileen's existence on the fact that he could complete this homebrew spell that the most powerful witch ever left behind to make flesh a spirit. Like, clearly it worked. But there was something in the fact that Sam was so sure of it that I was torn between, Sam, are you sure? And also, like, is Sam just more powerful than we know? I mean, it would make sense to me because, right, like, Sam still has all of that power, all of the, like, fed demon blood as a kid specialness to him. Mm. It would make sense to me that he just, like, has a crap ton of power um, that we don't think about or talk about. Is power in the sense that, like, Sam's penchant for things like visions and sensitivity towards things like that, is that something that automatically makes him able to... Because I, I puzzled out a spell like that. Because I don't think this isn't just like. I feel like we're do- getting into the like, what is magic in the supernatural universe? Like, where does it come from? Like, what, like, right, like, what's the spark of ignition of power? Yeah. Because I would assume that it's all kind of a similar thing and that it like shows up in different ways, right? Like, it, like I would assume you're generating the same like base thing and it's just like either some people experience it and like it gets funneled into like one two like yeah, different yeah, yeah. ways um in which case like i think yeah it would make him pre he would have a predisposition towards like being a powerful caster no yeah like i'm not i'm not doubting that at all sam has absolutely proven himself and his ability to complete and follow spells it was sam got a five-page paper and only three and a half pages were done and he was able to finish the paper and write a really good conclusion. He's a smart boy. That's like, again, he did it. I believe in Sam, but I was just a little bit, um, not shocked, but like, I was like, damn, Sam. Like, it's it's impressive. Sam was able to complete a homebrew, basically. Yeah. Like, it's it's impressive in a way that we haven't seen from Sam in a while. I'm kind of hoping that... uh. He gets to stretch his little witchy fingers a little bit more. Yeah, I'm very, very interested in where this goes, especially because now they have all of Rowena's, yeah. like, magic stuff. Mm-hmm. Her journals, her, you know, her, like... Her notes, her, her potions. No- all of this. Um, it's like a store of information and power that they could potentially be using. Um, so I'm really interested. And I think that Sam is the natural protege. Uh, yep. to like figure out how it all works and what they can do with it. I also just remembered because you said Romina's stuff. The moment where Eileen goes through and opens the secret passage, and then she, when it opens from Sam's side, she's standing there with her arms out and she goes, "Ta-da!" And it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. I just wanted to let you all remember that <laughs> with me because it was so adorable. Eileen yeah. was the best. Yeah. Uh, who do you think was? The most extra today? I feel like we can't... Yesterday? I don't know. Yesterday? Today? What day is it? I feel like we can't say check on this one. No. Um, Um, I kind of want to give it to Cass. Oh. Because there's a really great couple of moments where Cass is leaning into everything he knows about hunting in a way that he's never done it before. Like when he was being Mr. FBI... And the guy, like, you know, Cass typically bumbles and, like, makes the wrong anecdote or whatever. But Cass was like, when is the sheriff going to be back? And I'm going to sit here and, like, can I get those files, please, now? (laughs) Like, Cass really leaned into it in a way that made me very proud. But, like, I felt like he was occasionally doing a little bit too much. (laughs) (laughs) See, also, like, the way he just mutilated that gin. Like, I think Cass went a little off the deep end. But I I don't know if it was extra necessarily, but Cass did definitely play pretty big. Yeah, it it was, like, deep FBI Cass. Like, I love the scene where he's, like, 
marking where all of the bodies yeah. were uh, over the like they pan up over the like yeah, mess yeah. of papers <laughs> and it's like it, it felt like a police procedural for a minute he had his coat off yeah. like he was just wearing, he doesn't he rarely takes the trench coat off but it was like he had to take off that layer to get into it because he's an fbi agent he takes it seriously <laughs> Cass was really getting into character like he picked he picked his name he wasn't just Cass. he was clarence because that was his old like alias and nickname like I feel like Cass really was trying to deep in character. He was he gave the monster speech. He's like, there are things in this world. Yes. Like he he was really oh. leading into the Hunter Winchester of it, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I'll I'll agree. I'll co-sign. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Then I think that that's it for us. Yeah, this was a really good episode. And what's hilarious is we didn't even talk about the fact that like it ended with the Winchesters having another discussion. That's like I can't do this without you because they have that all the time. <laughs> like we get it. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> We can't do it without each other. We get it, guys. That's fine. Uh, Cass has a moment where he's like, ah, I got to go back to where I belong. Yeah, we get it. You'll come back. It'll be fine. We'll work it out. Like, we're kind of there because that wasn't what was best about the episode. Yeah. So, yeah. I enjoyed it. So, there is no new episode next week. No. We'll um, put up a bonus episode that's going to be recorded in two parts. Uh, one of the top half we recorded back in, like, August. Yeah. And have just been sitting on it for a uh, rainy day or helatus. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, in which we're going to... It's about family. It's about family and other fandom kind of <laughs> aspect. You'll see. It'll be very obvious when it comes up. Look forward to that. And then in two weeks is um, the next new episode, which is the one called Last Call. I, that's closing pretty much it from us. Time. Yeah? Yeah. You tried to sing Closing Time? I was because it's the last call for alcohol. Last call. Uh, so thank you guys for listening to uh, this episode of Extraneous. As we mentioned last week, the one thing that you can do if you love this podcast is get someone else to love this podcast. Hell yeah. So you're going to grab your friend's phone. Again, find a friend, grab their phone, and hit follow on Spotify. Or if they don't have Spotify on their phone because they're your mom, uh, <laughs> go into the Apple podcast or Android uh, native podcast and hit subscribe or, you know, whatever is on their phone. Like, just just, just do it. Just like, do it. Just do it. <laughs> I'm either Nike or Shia LaBeouf. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at extraneous.pod. Dot pod. We did it backwards. I know. It came out backwards. And on Twitter at extraneouspod, sans dot. Um, <laughs> yeah. So thanks so much for listening, everybody. And we will see you next week for a little bonus episode. Yeah. Stay extra. Stay extra, y'all. Bye. Bye.